Hello, and welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So let's jump right in. Hey, welcome back to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number nine. Today we're gonna talk about the best way to get ready for Christmas. We're in the second week of December, and already people are getting their Christmas trees and doing Christmas shopping and baking Christmas cookies, and there's a lot of anticipation for the Christmas season. And a lot of people have fun doing activities with their kids, getting together with friends and families. But for a lot of people, this season brings a lot of stress because they feel like they're under so much pressure to do things the right way, or they have to go see some family members they don't like, or they're alone. There are a lot of reasons some people feel the Christmas holidays are a burden on them, and they're not a happy time. So today we're going to talk about getting ready for Christmas, the real sense of Christmas, not just your human shopping and how many cookies you're going to bake, however much fun they may be. I want to get to the essence of what Christmas is really all about, and we'll just touch on the subject because there's so much you could say. And I'll just start this with a simple question and thinking about what you do to get ready for Christmas, all the activities that we just talked about. How long does it take you to get ready for Christmas? Do you start early? Do you wait till the last minute? It takes some amount of time, right? Okay, so more importantly, I think we need to ask ourselves, how do we get ready in our thinking for Christmas? How long does it take us to get our heart ready for the Christmas message? I think that's a little bit more important question. And the only way to really prepare our hearts for the Christmas message is through God's help. You can't do it humanly. You can't just turn the human mind on and rationalize it out and say, I'm going to get ready for Christmas, and I'm going to pray this many times, and I'm going to spend this much time reading my Bible. Those things are important, but I'm talking about getting your heart ready, being spiritually ready for the meaning of Christmas. The answer to this really is in the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 1. It says, The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. It's only through God's help that our hearts are prepared to receive the full meaning of Christmas. So back to this idea of getting ready for Christmas. Here's another question I want you to think about. How long did it take God to get ready for that very first Christmas? Well, he started really early. He did not wait till the last minute. God started all the way back with Moses, giving little sneak peeks that there would be a coming Messiah. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet. This is God talking to Moses. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Now, there's more there in chapter 18 of Deuteronomy. If you want to go read that, I'll put this one verse in the show notes, though, so you can have that as a reference. There are so many prophecies in the Old Testament where God was preparing the hearts of the children of Israel to be ready for and to be expecting a Messiah. 
all throughout the Old Testament, God is telling his prophets that there will be a Messiah, the anointed one, that will come as a savior to redeem mankind. We're not going to get into all those prophecies today, but it's a progressive revelation to the people, one glimpse at a time, of what this Messiah, this anointed one, will be like. All the way up through the last chapter in the Old Testament of Malachi where God says that he's going to send a messenger to prepare the way for this Messiah. That's in Malachi 3.1. Behold, I, God, behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord, referring to the Messiah, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. That verse actually is prophesying the coming of a messenger, referring to John the Baptist, we'll get into him in just a minute, and the coming of the anointed one, the Messiah, or the Christ, to use the Greek term. So let's talk just a little bit about John the Baptist. When John the Baptist started preaching, he quoted a verse from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. John knew that he was there to prepare the way for the Messiah. That's what his preaching and his baptism was all about, preparing the way for Jesus to come. So why did the way need to be prepared? Why did God go to all this effort to prepare the way, to have all these prophecies? Why couldn't Jesus just show up? What would have happened if God had not prepared the children of Israel for hundreds and hundreds of years for the coming Messiah? Would they have been ready? I don't think so. A lot of them still weren't ready. Let me ask the question this way. What if you mixed up a cake and poured the batter in the pan and put it in the oven but hadn't preheated the oven? The oven wasn't prepared to bake the cake. You would not get a cake. And if you turned on the oven once you put the cake in, unless you had some special recipe, the cake would not bake properly. The oven needed to be ready to receive the cake to bake it. What if you were gardening and you went out and just took a bunch of carrot seeds and scattered them on a patch in your garden that was full of weeds without preparing the bed? Those carrot seeds would hardly grow. What if you threw those carrot seeds on a patch of ground that was rocky and crusty and dry? They'd probably not grow very well either. If there was a heavy rain or a wind, they'd be washed or blown away. If you're going to plant carrot seeds or anything in your garden, you need to prepare the soil. You dig it up, you turn the soil, you get the big rocks out, you pull the weeds out, you prepare the soil so that the seeds will grow properly. And here's one more way to think about it. Let's say we're playing a game of catch. Let's say I have a ball and I want you to catch it. I could throw you the ball unexpectedly and you might catch it if your reflexes are quick. But if I really want you to catch it, I'll call out your name and say, here, catch. And I'll wait until we make eye contact and I'll see that you're ready and then I'll throw the ball. You're much more likely to catch the ball if you're prepared to catch it. All these things are preparation. If God had not prepared the hearts of mankind to receive the Christ, they wouldn't have been able to receive it. They wouldn't have noticed when it came. What if there had been no prophecies in the Old Testament about the coming Messiah? They wouldn't know that Jesus was the Messiah. Anybody could have claimed to be the Messiah, but when Jesus fulfilled those prophecies, it made it much clearer that that's who he was. 
It's so important to realize that God was preparing people all along to be ready to receive the Christ. We have to be ready to receive it today, too. We have the advantage of having the Bible. We read all these prophecies. We read how they were fulfilled. Well, we still have to ask God to prepare our hearts to receive Christ, to get the full spiritual meaning of what Christmas is all about. Through the prophecies of the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is calling out individually and collectively to all mankind to catch the Christ, so to speak. It's preparing us to catch, to receive this incredible message of hope and salvation and healing. The next question is, let's say you're playing football. When somebody throws you the ball and you catch it, what's the next thing you do? You run with it. Once you catch the ball, you have to do something with it. And that is another part of this whole message of Christmas. It's not just enough for us to be prepared for and receive the message of Christmas. We have to do something with it. So that brings up the question, how is the Holy Spirit preparing your heart right now to receive the message and the meaning of what Christmas is all about? And then what will you do with that message of Christ and Christmas once you receive it? These are not necessarily questions that you can answer quickly. It takes some thoughtful prayer to ponder quietly to think about these things, and I hope you'll do that. And now I want to come back to John the Baptist because he was such a wonderful guy. His birth was literally amazing and very unexpected. Through John the Baptist, God really set in motion the beginning of the fulfillment of these prophecies related to the coming of Christ. It's just a wonderful chain of events. I'm just going to focus right now on Zacharias and Elizabeth, John the Baptist's parents, and then a little bit on John the Baptist. So if you're not familiar with the story of John the Baptist's birth, it's in Luke chapter 1. And it's quite extensive. I'm not going to read it all. I'm not going to talk about every little bit of it. But I want to highlight a couple of things that I think are really important. Elizabeth and Zacharias were elderly, and they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. It also says in Luke chapter 1, verse 6, they were both righteous before God and blameless in the eyes of the law. They were living righteous, holy lives. Zacharias was in Jerusalem in the temple. He was doing some priestly duties, offering incense, and it was a simple ritual. You go in and you do your deed and then you come out and something unusual happened that particular day. He sees an angel standing on the right side of the altar. How would you respond if that happened? Zacharias was afraid. And then the angel speaks to him and says what angels usually say when people are afraid. He says, don't be afraid. It's like, don't be afraid. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm here to bless you. The next thing he says is, Zacharias, your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, is going to have a son, and you're going to call his name John. Elizabeth and Zacharias have been praying to have children for decades But it seemed like their prayers hadn't been answered. Here the angel is saying, your prayers are going to be answered. You're going to have a son, and you're going to call his name John. In the Old Testament, angels often tell the expectant parents what to name the child. And here's the same thing happening with Elizabeth and Zacharias. And then the angel prophesies. He says, you're going to be joyful and glad, and many will rejoice at his birth, and he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And don't give him any strong drink or wine. Instead, He's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. 
That's quite a prophecy. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. What if you were an old man in the temple and you saw an angel and you heard this message that these things were going to happen to you? It's almost too much to believe. It's such an incredible prophecy. You can hardly blame Zacharias. He said, how am I going to know all this? How, this, is, this is so incredible. My wife and I are old. We, we can't have children. And the angel says to him, okay, I'm going to level up with you here. I'm not just any angel. I'm Gabriel. God sent me to tell you these things. And Zacharias, I got to tell you something. You're not going to be able to speak until all these things that I've told you come to pass. And with that, Zacharias couldn't speak. Now, in the meantime, all the people outside the temple were waiting and they wondered what's taking him so long in there. When he comes out, he can't speak. So then let's go forward to when John the Baptist, nine months later when John the Baptist is born. They take him to the temple on the eighth day to be circumcised. That was according to the Jewish law. The elders were going to name this baby Zacharias in honor of his father. And Elizabeth says, no, his name is John. And they say, well, nobody in your family's named John. Where on earth did you get that name? And so Zacharias, who still can't speak, asks for a tablet, and he writes out, his name is John. And right at that moment, his speech comes back, and he starts prophesying about his child and the wonderful things that he will do. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that the angel was actually cursing Zacharias with not being able to speak because he didn't believe what the angel said right away. But I actually think that that nine months of not being able to speak was a blessing, not just for Zacharias, but for Elizabeth, and was part of the process that God was using to prepare the hearts of the people for something really amazing that was going to happen. Here's an elderly woman. She's pregnant. It's a brand new experience. There was a stillness, a peace in that home, helping prepare the way for this child to be born. And I think this nine months of Zacharias not being able to speak was another way God was preparing the hearts of the people to receive the message that was going to come through John the Baptist. Let's say you were one of the neighbors and you realize, wow, did you hear about Zacharias? He hasn't been speaking for months now. And did you notice that Elizabeth is pregnant? She's an old woman. She's never been able to have babies before. What is going on? As that nine-month period progressed, I think the people around them were starting to be in awe of something really amazing. I think there was a growing expectation and a sense of awe that God was doing something amazing for his people. We don't know exactly what the neighbors were saying, but you know how people are. You know what people think through. And over that nine months, God was preparing everyone for something really incredible to happen. And that was part of this whole preparation process for the Messiah to come. And again, just the fact that Elizabeth was going to have a baby when she was very elderly and had been unable to have children before, It's kind of like God turning on a big neon sign saying, hey, guys, I've got something really incredible coming up and I need you to be ready for it when it comes. So just be prepared because it's coming pretty soon. Let's say the timing had been different. Let's say John the Baptist had been born when Elizabeth and Zacharias were in their 20s, a normal time for a young couple to have a child. There's nothing so remarkable about that. It doesn't mean that John the Baptist could not have fulfilled his purpose if things had happened that way. But this was God's way of calling greater attention to something 
of great importance that was about to happen. And another point I'd like to make is that God was answering Zacharias' prayers, but in doing so, God was fulfilling his own bigger purpose than just for Zacharias and Elizabeth to have a child. He was preparing the way for his son to make an appearance. It was through the prayers of this righteous couple that God began to fulfill the prophecies of the coming Messiah. So how does this apply to us right now? Maybe you've been praying something for a long time, and you don't feel like your prayers have been answered. We can all identify with that at times. Maybe, just maybe, God has a bigger purpose than just giving you what you pray for. Be willing to see that maybe God has a different time schedule than you do, and that he's going to fit the answer to your prayer into a bigger purpose that you may not have a clue about, but God does. So just trust God. He will work things out that brings the biggest blessing, not just to you, but to all mankind. So let's just talk for a minute about how God prepared Zacharias and Elizabeth to have a child. What if the angel had not appeared to Zacharias, and all of a sudden Elizabeth just got pregnant? It would have probably been quite a shock and maybe even scary, not knowing what was going on. But God was expressing his love for them and preparing their hearts to know what was going on, for them to realize that they were part of something bigger. I mean, how would any of us know what God was doing if he hadn't prepared our hearts for it? If you're not prepared to catch the ball, you're probably not going to catch it. If your heart is not prepared for what God has in store for you, you probably will miss it. This is one more example of how God prepares us for what he's going to give us. So let's talk about John the Baptist's role once he reached adulthood and started his ministry. He came saying, I'm preparing the way of the Lord. Why was that so important for John the Baptist to do? What if the Messiah had just showed up? Okay, so let's say there were all the prophecies in the Old Testament. But let's say there was no John the Baptist on the scene to prepare the people that were living right then at that time for Jesus' ministry. How did he prepare the people? He said, you need to repent. You need to completely change the way you're living your life and the way you're thinking about things. And I'm going to baptize you as a symbol of the fact that God is washing you clean from your sins. If you're holding on to something tightly in your fists, it's hard to receive something if somebody gives you a gift. If you're holding tightly onto and identifying yourself as having done all these terrible things or feeling guilty about something or feeling shamed, it's going to be hard to receive the message of the Christ which says, you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth. They had to completely change their perspective. And so that's what John the Baptist was doing. He was preparing people that were alive at that moment in history in that geographical location, whom Jesus later would be preaching to and healing and ministering to, John the Baptist was preparing their hearts. If he hadn't been there to do that, I think a lot fewer people would have been able to hear Jesus' message. You've got to remember, too, there was a growing sense of expectation among the people that the Messiah was coming. There was this anticipation. There was a sense of fervor that, yes, the Messiah was going to come and he was going to kick the Romans out and, and it was going to be this political savior and they were going to get back to the kingdom of Israel as it was with King David and They didn't completely understand the way the Messiah was going to come and operate, but they did have this expectation. And so John helped prepare the way for that. And why did he do that? Because 
He was doing what God told him to. Again, this verse from Proverbs is so important. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. God was preparing Elizabeth and Zacharias. He was preparing John the Baptist. He was preparing the people through John the Baptist. He was preparing all the children of Israel through all the prophets. God was doing all this prep work so that when Jesus came, the ground would be plowed, the ground would be ready to plant the seeds in, the oven would be preheated to bake the cake in, people had their catcher's mitt on ready to catch the ball. God had spent hundreds of years getting people ready, and suddenly Jesus shows up, not in the way people expected. He showed up as a little baby that was sleeping in a feeding trough. God works in amazing ways to accomplish his purpose. He's really a divine choreographer that that directs all the different players to be in the right place at the right time and enter the stage or exit the stage when they're supposed to and says the right thing to the right person. He's in charge of all this. So how does this apply to us? We know that Jesus was born and all these things happened, and it's so easy to read the Bible and say, yes, yes, I know all these things aren't these wonderful stories, but how do they apply to us? What's the message for us? How is God preparing your heart today and in this Christmas season and throughout the year to receive more of the appearing of Christ, to receive more of the true meaning of Christmas, not just that Jesus was born as a little baby, but I think the true meaning of Christmas also includes the ministry that Jesus had for three years, where he was preaching and teaching and healing and with the promise of salvation, the promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What can you and I do to receive more of that appearing? How can we be prepared and ready to receive more of what God is giving us of the Christ each day. So back to our topic today, what is the best way to get ready for Christmas? It's to let God prepare your heart. It's to let the angels tell you what to do. And it's to let the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, inspire you and guide your path to put you in the right place at the right time, to say the right thing to the right person, to be a blessing to those that you come across every day. Christmas is so much more than just cookies and presents and Christmas trees and all the festivities, as wonderful as those things can be. And it's more than just getting together with your family and having wonderful times. It's about experiencing the presence of the Christ, letting the Christ be reborn to reappear in your heart on a daily basis. So I'm going to close with this simple little prayer. Dear God, prepare and open our hearts to receive more of the Christ and impel us forward to share the Christ with everyone we come in contact with through the way we live our daily lives. So that's it for today. In the next couple of episodes, I'll be sharing some more ideas about Christmas, and I hope you'll tune in and listen. If you haven't already subscribed, I hope you'll do so. If this is your first time here, you might like to go back and listen to some of the previous episodes at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash podcast. You might find something that stands out that looks interesting. I hope you'll take a listen. Oh, and by the way, I'll put all those scriptural references in the show notes. So to find those, go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 009. If you have a friend that you think might enjoy this, please share it with them. 
And if you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be really grateful if you would leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. That just helps other people know what this podcast is all about. And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, just go to The Bible Speaks to You. I want to thank you so much for being here and listening. I hope you have a very blessed Christmas and that you experience in a deeper way than you ever have before the appearing of Christ in your life. This is James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. God bless you. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you next week.